Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, the Cougars go to 4-0 and move up in the polls after beating UTSA on Saturday. Now the Cougars roll into H-Town, and we're breaking it down with Kalani and running back Tyler Algier next. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C here at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for your weekly look inside the Cougar football program. Great to have you with us, and great to be still talking about an undefeated season so far with a number 13 and 14 BYU this week looking to go 5-0. and As always, we invite you to be a part of the conversation in tonight's show by submitting questions for Kalani on Twitter using the hashtag Sitake Show. You can do the same on the BYU TV Sports Facebook and Instagram accounts as well on tonight's show. We'll look back on the win that got BYU to 4-0, a Saturday matinee over UTSA. Troy Warner takes us inside the film room. We'll look ahead to a clash of the Cougars in Houston. Our Cougar Q&A tonight explores hidden talents on the team. Our Deep Blue profile tonight featuring the Warner brothers with a close-up on Troy. While joining us live in studio is running back, Tyler Algier. We start the show by saying hello to BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Hello, coach. What's going on, Greg? Good to be with you again. Yeah, good, good to be here and, and uh, looking forward to the show, reviewing the game. Another win uh, for the Cougs, and it happened to come on your birthday. So, belated happy birthday again, and nice to get that kind of present on your big day. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that, that's, uh, you get to my age and um, you forget birthdays, and, and all it means is that you get to eat whatever you want that day. So, but uh, just happy that we were able to enjoy the game and, and have our guys, um, you know, come out victorious. So there are some things that we that we thought we could have done better, but overall, I'm proud of the guys' uh, effort and then, uh, you know, finding a way to get a win. And we'll get to this in a bit, but the fact is, when the polls come out on Sunday, you're moving up in those polls as you did last weekend. Yeah, I think I mean college football is, is difficult, you know, and and, and uh, these games and, and when you're looking at the way UTSA game with a game plan, they they wanted to find a way to, to compete and to win win that game, and we we had to we, we were put in some spots that were uncomfortable. But uh, I, th- I like the way our guys responded, and like I said, just just finding a way to get the win was really important. But there's a lot of things that we can learn from that game and and uh, fix before we uh, take the field against Houston. Let's get to the game highlights presented by a Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. So it's BYU and UTSA out of Conference USA, second of three Conference USA teams to face BYU this year. First time ever that these two teams had faced off on the gridiron on a sunny Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And a great first drive. Didn't end great, but you guys really went down the field quickly. Yeah, I thought there was some really good protection. You know, quick, quick, uh, big scores and, I mean, big, big, big gains. And uh, unfortunate with this one, we had to take care of the football because we're, First down inside the ten yard line with that with that play, and uh, you know it's, you can't swim with the football. We I've talked about this over and over again on uh, who that ball belongs to. So uh, glad that our defense was able to respond and get and get a uh, an interception, get the ball back for our offense, and and uh, when we get the ball back to the offense, they can do some things with it. Nice play made by the UTSA D to break up a fourth down try for BYU, and for the first time this year, coach, you don't score first. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, I think they, you have to give credit to UTSA for making plays. They, they did some things on defense, created some some pressure, and um, you know, our guys, I thought they responded well. And it wasn't it wasn't a, a slow start, but it was. I think I I was just really thankful that our guys were able to eke out the the score here on fourth down, especially. 
So no touchdowns in the, uh, in the first quarter, but uh, two TDs in the second quarter, and the first was a beauty from Neal. Yeah, great toe tap on that, and, and you know, our, our receivers can make those type of plays. Glad Neal was able to do that. And then Peeney on the screen to get you in. Yeah, great play, great throw. I, mean, I think you know, Zach is really creative in the way he can get the ball to Lopini, and the blocking downfield is awesome, untouched. 14-3 at halftime. We head to the second half, and uh, early in half number two, UTSA is on the move. Yeah, you know, they brought in a different quarterback and uh, towards the end of this first half, and he was able to do some things and march the ball down for a field goal. We've seen Zach to Gunner on the post before. Turns out well, usually. Yeah, that, and we, you know, if they're going to pressure us, we need to be able to make them pay, and, and Zach was able to march down and, and do the QB pull on this and make a, you know, keep a defense honest, and was able to get a score. He's done that quite often this year. Yeah, six rushing touchdowns for Zach Wilson, one of the nation's leaders in touched and rushing touchdowns, not just for quarterbacks, but for anyone. Nice play made by Zachary Franklin, and UTSA is hanging around. But uh, this was part of a, uh, a drive that helps to kind of put things away for you guys in the fourth quarter, I thought. Long drive. Yeah, ate up some clock, and then we were able to just, you know, um, get just sustain the drive and get in the end zone and, and, uh, and what we thought put this thing out of reach. 27-13, so it was a, a two-score game at that point. UTSA wasn't quite done. Uh, almost had Narcisse in the backfield here. Yeah, he's a great player. He's big and strong, and we got to stay in coverage, I think, uh, you know, and now because of that, we, we had to rely on a uh, you know, good hands team on, on, on an onside attempt by UTSA. Nice job for the special teams to show out and recover that onside kick and secure the win for BYU. 27-20 is your final score. And uh, one number that jumps out to me, Kalani, is that rush defense. And that's three straight games now. You've held an opponent under 100 yards on the ground. You do that in most instances, you're going to win that game. And with UTSA, we knew they were going to, you know, they had the, the leading rusher in the, in the country, and we knew that they were going to try to establish the uh, run game. They have a big O-line and a physical O-line. I'll say, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, for the most part, we were able to keep them, um, you know, one-sided and, and, and make them throw the ball. But, you know, Narcisse was, was accurate and made some great pinpoint throws. I, even the touchdown throw, that, that's something that we should have been in coverage on the other one, but the, the one before that, just out of reach for Troy. Otherwise, yep. Troy would have made that interception. Well placed. So BYU has 10 games on the schedule, and four are in the books. There's that early Army game that you see postponed. Nothing new on that. But that's the slate as it stands right now. And, and the news that came out today, Kalani, is that that Boise State game, which was originally on your first schedule, a Friday, went to a Saturday on the redraw, and now it's back to a Friday night in uh, Boise there in November. It'll be on, uh, on FS1. Yeah, looking forward to that game, obviously, when, when it gets there. But all our focus on Houston, just glad that we were able to get them on the schedule and glad that Boise State was able to accommodate us being there. Uh, great thing about One of the great things about the Houston-BYU game is it's, uh, it's a Friday night, kind of a, a stage-to-yourselves kind of game on ESPN uh, with two named teams. And uh, everyone knows what BYU is doing right now. But then Houston opens its season last week and scored a lot of points. So they're kind of top of mind, too. It's a great setup that way. Yeah, and, and, and doing that with even turning the ball over five times, you know, they, they faced some adversity early on and um, was, were able to settle it down. And that, that's, that's a, a good sign for a team to do that in the first game. And they're going to be a lot better than they were in the first game. So we're expecting their best shot, just making sure that they get ours. Okay, a close-up look back at something from, uh, from Saturday. BYU was held scoreless in the first quarter for the first time this season against UTSA. But in the second quarter, as we showed you, BYU scored two TDs. Let's revisit the first one a little more closely now on tonight's Cougar close-up. 
And we're going to look again at how Neil Pau made this thing happen in the back of the end zone. Yeah, fourth down, and I think, you know, Zach's just trying to create some time and some momentum for us, but uh, putting it only in place that Neil can make the play. And um, I've just seen our receivers do this. Neil's made these type of plays in practice, and, uh, you know, they just have a good sense of where they're at in the field. And um, this is I was just really thankful that he was able to get his toe down, and that's a big-time play right there. And Zach had to take a little bit off it, kind of place it a bit, and did so perfectly. Yeah, great touch. And, and I, I mean, like I said, that, that was a, that's the type of plays that you, our guys practice often, you know, and, and I, I'm glad that they were able to capitalize and make it work and get us some seven, seven points right there. Great play. All right, going to flip to the defensive side of the ball now to look closer at some of the plays made by senior DB Troy Warner in recent weeks. The plays include the first two interceptions of his BYU career. Alongside Jerem Jordan, Troy now takes us inside the film room. All right, Troy, let's talk about what you tweeted out after the game. You said, winning isn't easy. Sometimes it's not pretty, but we got the job done. Proud of this team. Lessons to be learned. Short week. Looking forward to the next one. Why did you feel like you needed to post that message after the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like the emotions kind of just around around the team and, you know, Cougar Nation, it, it kind of felt like we had lost. But we, in reality, we won. We won the game. And winning in college football is is hard, no matter who you're playing. And uh, I think I think we've got to take great pride in, in the fact that we won and we're 4-0. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of just uplift the mood a little bit and uh, just encourage, just just be encouraged by, by another win. So... The team certainly held to a high standard. Helps when you get some takeaways. You got one early in the game. Let's walk through it. But first, I want to flash back to April 15th. We had you on BYU Sports Nation, and we talked about having multiple picks. And hey, <laughs> how do we get you an interception, bro? The time is now. So we, we're going to get we're gonna get more than one this year. And you get one. Walk me through this. Yeah, so I seen uh, the quarterback roll out, um, and I knew as soon as he rolled out that I had to really just get over the top and uh, as soon as he, as soon as the ball left his hands, I, I kind of slipped and noticed that the ball was just kind of floating in the air. I wish I hadn't slipped or else I would have caught it and kept running, but I was just glad to, <laughs> to execute the takeaway. Did you think about fair catching it? Um, you know what? <laughs> At one point, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> it was up there a while and you got it. Yeah, it was up there for a minute. Was it validating? You said you were going to have multiple. You got a second, man, and maybe there's a bunch more to come. Yeah, it felt good. It felt good. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, just just excited for the for many more opportunities this year. Okay, the first interception happens against La Tech. It was actually your second of the game. There was an offside call that prevented you actually having mm-hmm. another one, but uh, you Randy Moss to fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That so on this play, uh, I, I was just in deep third and and. Uh, you know, I saw I saw a late guy running up the running up the sideline, and um, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, kind of secured that as well. As soon as the ball left his hands, and so I seen it, as soon as I seen that, I just went up and skied it. Just just tried to just try to get up there. Okay, and let's talk about Houston. Big game, different kind of opponent from the first four. Certainly, some speed on the outside. What's the biggest challenge you see in defending those receivers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you just said, they're they're a very talented group. Uh, these receivers are some of the best in the country, and uh, it's going to be about just minimizing the the big play and trying to just trying to contain them and, and doing doing what we can to uh, to play well as a defense and and just being connected and and doing all the right things. 
and, and execute and take away is when the opportunities present themselves. And uh, we're really excited for this opportunity. We're going to grind really hard this week. Uh, we know it's a short week, so we got to take advantage of, uh, of the time that we have. Well, Troy, congratulations on multiple picks, 4-0, and good luck against Houston. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, uh, what are Troy's uh, best on-field assets? Um, he got great instincts. I, I think, you know, people forget that he's been here. He started as a true freshman for us at corner. So he plays a, a, a bunch of different positions, corner and safety and, and possibly nickel. So uh, we, we've used him in a lot of different places. We felt like keeping him at safety is probably more like more suited for his, his skills. But uh, his instincts and being able to, to read the, the quarterback and where the ball is going, I think is, he does that really well. Yes, he has, and uh, picks in now back-to-back weeks as well, which is great. All right, uh, for your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coach Mark Pope and David Nixon are on the show tomorrow. When we come back on this show, we go in search of hidden talents, and we preview a Friday night cat fight. Cougars and Cougars in Houston. Stay with us. This is BYU Football with Kalani Titake. Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's. Fresh for everyone. And by... America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Back when Zach had an extra number one on his jersey. Yeah, those were images of Zach Wilson's first start at BYU. It was two years ago today against Hawaii, where he accounted for four touchdowns in that game. Let's go inside the numbers and see what Zach's been up to when it comes to the BYU record books. This past game, he became the fastest quarterback in BYU history to get to 1,000 yards in a season. He did so in only 73 attempts. That's the fewest attempts of any BYU quarterback all time to get to the millennium mark in a single year. And Zach's completion rate for the season is over 81% right now. And you see the season record is 71.3%. And so uh, Zach's got some wiggle room there, but could end up uh, with a record-setting season that way as well. All right, to Friday, Cougar pregame live will be on BYU Radio at 5.30 Eastern time. As we get set for BYU in Houston, countdown to kickoff on BYU TV at 8.30 Eastern time. You can enjoy the game on ESPN. Listen to the radio broadcast on BYU Radio. And then after the game, tune in to BYU TV and BYU Radio for all of our post-game coverage. All right, BYU comes into the game, ranked 13th by the coaches, up two spots from last week's poll, and ranked 14th by the AP, up a single spot from the previous poll. BYU, as you see, 4-0. Houston, 1-0, and receiving some votes in the AP poll. And uh, Coach uh, Houston finally got their season underway last week. They, they'd had every game postponed or canceled before finally getting on the field against Tulane last Thursday. Yeah, and they, they were really impressive. I, I think uh, uh, a lot of play, big playmakers on their team, and Dana Holgerson has something special starting in, in Houston. Um, I think you can see that there, there's a, a veteran group there, and we're looking forward to the matchup. I think us being in Houston is going to be a lot of fun for our players. Coach Holgerson's uh, Cougars with an offense that uh, put up 49 and really could have scored more, but for giving the ball away on a few possessions. They actually gave uh, Tulane touchdowns on a pick six and a fumble recovery, and another turnover led directly to a touchdown. So 21 
uh, of Tulane's points coming on, on Houston giveaways. Yeah, and, and, and the way that they responded after being down early, uh, their response was really, really uh, uh, impressive. And so, you know, we're looking forward to the game. I, I think, uh, you know, they're going to improve. Well, I said this before, that most teams improve a lot from game one to game two. We're expecting that. And hopefully we can improve uh, a lot from game four to five. So it's the first time that you've seen Coach Holgerson at Houston, but not the first time you've seen Coach Holgerson's team because in your first year you got his West Virginia team. That's right, and it was a close game. You know, we played him in FedEx Field, and uh, that was that was a, a fun game. Uh, lost a close one uh, with Taysom and Jamal on the team, but uh, hopefully the outcome will be different this time. Yeah, what uh, what stands out to you or do you remember most about that West Virginia game at FedEx back east? Um, I, I thought it was just really cool for the players to be in, in where the Redskins play or, or the Washington football team now. And, and so uh, I thought that was a really cool uh, moment for our guys. Whenever we go to a venue where NFL teams play, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a cool feeling. We did that when we played at the University of Phoenix Stadium against Arizona. And so uh, anytime our guys can kind of see that, most of I mean, all of them have aspirations of playing in the league. And so that's something that they can really think about. Now looking at the guys that played that game, like Taysom and Jamal and, and, and you know, others that have played, are playing in the NFL right now, they've, they've uh, have that memory of having that game. It's been talked about and written about before, but uh, Coach Holgerson's one of those coaches who says he owes uh, some of his offensive style to the BYU roots. And he said, you know, he, I, I, I've been to Provo, I've studied the BYU offense, and so he's one of those guys that, that looks at, at what Lavelle was doing back in the day in his coaches and took a lot of that into what he's incorporated as a coach for many years now. Yeah, he falls in line of the, of the coaching tree with, with Mike Leach and the air raid system. And so a lot of what you see... Al Mummy and those guys. Yeah, yeah, that whole group. And whatever you see, their passing game, it's very similar to the stuff that I ran when I was playing at running back at BYU back in the day. And so uh, very sim- very, it's very similar, but I think they try to establish the run game. They have a lot of different weapons that they can utilize. Um, the quarterback can run, and he's, he's a guy with some experience now, a uh, dynamic receiver in Stevenson. Let's get to the weapons. So we'll start right there with the number five, uh, Marquez Stevenson, uh, a consummate playmaker and made some big plays just last week against Tulane. Uh, this is from one of his games last year, but we're going to follow it up with a clip from last week. And this is a touchdown catch against the Green Wave just last Thursday. He's a dynamic player. He'll, he'll play in the, on Sundays. And um, I just he's got such, such uh, remarkable speed and great ball skills and, and finds ways to just get open and uh, he has great vision when he has the ball in his hands, too. So he's a, he's a big-time weapon. We're going to have to be aware of where he's, he's at on the field. And that includes on kickoff returns. He took one to the house last week. Yeah, definitely. And, and so he's, he's a big play waiting to happen, and hopefully we can uh, make it really difficult for him to get going. Okay, the quarterback you said can move around a bit. His name is Clayton Toon. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he's, if you look at last year's film, I mean, there's times that he took a, a draw play or a scramble and to, would take it to the house in a 60-yard run, you know, and he's, he's capable of running the ball. He's tough. Uh, he delivers the ball on time, and so I think he, he's, he creates plays. Um, it's going to be a, a, a good matchup for us, and we're looking forward to it. We're, our D-line is going to have to do some things, and defensively we're going to have to try to disrupt him, his timing and, and hopefully uh, uh, put him on, on his heels a little bit. So it's your fifth game, and, and you could argue, you could say that, that in this fifth game, you're seeing an offense that really doesn't necessarily look like maybe any of the previous four yet. You're still seeing different styles week to week, aren't you? We are, and, and there may be a, an emphasis on spread, but I think uh, when you look at, at what Houston does, they can do quite a few things. I mean, they have big old linemen, and they have a, a very capable running backs. So they great vision, run downhill really hard, and 
um, you know, they're a tough team, and so I, I think they can go as big as, as, as 12 personnel and They'll run throw the some ball. wishbone at you. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if they'll everything. do that, but if they do, <laughs> uh, fortunately for us, we've seen that this year, so yeah. that we should be ready for it. But they can do a lot of things in the run game, and they can do a lot of things in the pass game as well, and that, that makes uh, our job a lot harder as a defense. They had fans in the stands uh, for their first game and now their second game again. So you'll be in a situation, we're not sure how many there, there will be, a total number, but there could be some BYU blue finally uh, in, in, uh, in, in a venue to, to help you guys along. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the guys are excited to play the game in front of people. And, and we, as much as we love the cardboard cutouts, <laughs> that's fun. And, 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 but it's just Cosmo in there, you know, watching the game. And um, it, it does, it's a different, it's a unique feeling. And, and so... I think the guys are excited, even though there may be uh, uh, the majority of them dressed in red. I think the guys are excited for, for some people and just some interaction with the fan base. But you know BYU fans are going to find their oh, way yeah. there, right? We, I mean, we know our fans will be there, and we know that we'll, we'll be able to hear them. And really looking forward to I, I know our players are excited about entertaining them on TV, but it's nice to get the response to the plays when, you're, when it's live. There's nothing like it. And so I, I think our guys in game, game five are looking forward to entertaining some fans you know, on site. You're looking forward to getting some players back, too, that have been out a little bit. Let's hit a few of them. Uh, James Empey, we'll start there. Yeah, James Empey's looking really close and, and uh, practicing, so we anticipate that possibly that would be a, a possible return, and uh, he looks really good. If I could throw a few more names at you, let us know where they're at and how close they may or may not be. Uh, Tristan Hodge, who didn't play since the Navy game. Yeah, Tristan's a little bit slower than, than Empey in, in, in his return, but we're really, um, we're really optimistic about his return soon, and... and uh, if you know anything about him, a tough kid uh, and, and from a great family. So we're looking forward to him getting back to us and his leadership being on the field, uh, making some plays for us. And he's got a lot of experience, so hopefully he'll get back soon. And, and it's looking that way, it's trending that way. Okay, place kicker Jake Oldroyd had to miss the UTSA game. Yeah, he's back. We, we just need to bubble wrap him until we get to Friday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, running back Sione Finau. Yeah, and Sione's practicing as well, and he's looking like it, his return will be this week, that's what we're hoping for. That's awesome. That's all great news. Not so great news that uh, Lorenzo Fawatea put forth on social media this week. Yeah, you know, and this he had the injury, unfortunately, in the game. And um, love what Zoe does for us as a, as a, as a, as a teammate, but also a leader. Uh, I know that was a, a devastating blow to our D-line. The other guys have to pick up the pieces and, and play for him. Uh, but his leadership and his presence will still be needed. And uh, I think he would just wish him a quick recovery before his wedding in December. Mm, okay. Uh, as excited as I am uh, for the Houston game, um, I hope BYU wins it big, obviously. That'd be great. But uh, the games they've played against Houston historically have been kind of a, uh, closer and exciting. Uh, back in 2013 and 2014, BYU and Houston met. This is the 2013 game played at the Texans Stadium, which was then called NRG Stadium. And uh, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams' team, and you see the score there, how crazy this one got. And it's decided on a beautiful back shoulder throw for Skylar Ridley in the closing moments. BYU hangs on to win by one. Then it was a 9-11 game the following year at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. A great display there. And uh, BYU won an eight-point game in this one. I remember watching both games and uh, really impressed with, with the uh, competition, you know, from both BYU and Houston. And, and you know, I, I don't know what the score will look like this, this Friday, but I, I, I know that we want to play at our best and see how, how uh, see what the result will be. So BYU 2-0 and all-time against Houston, looking to go 3-0 and as they try to go 5-0 and on the season. All right, there's a look at the Cougars. Coming up uh, Mondays at uh, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on the Coordinator's Corner with 
Jeff Grimes, Eliza Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. After this break, the coach takes your questions from social media. Later in the show, running back Tyler Algier will join us live. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Cougars in the NFL now. Taysom Hill, yes, he scored the game tying touchdown late in that Saints win over the Chargers. Chargers, of course, featuring Michael Davis on their roster. So Coug against Coug last night on Monday Night Football. Sione Takitaki, seven tackles and a Browns win over the Colts. Fred Warner, 11 stops, a quarterback hit, and a TFL as the Niners lost to, well, Kyle Van Noy and the Dolphins. And Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs dropped a decision to the Raiders. First loss of the year for KC. Danny had eight tackles and a quarterback hit. And so every time we see these guys, they're involved in the outcomes of the weekend. There's some big names right there. Yeah, I'm just thankful that they, they're such good good men and, and uh, the connection that they have with the players on our team currently. Uh, we see those guys often in the offseason. But uh, they, they keep in touch with our players uh, you know, throughout the, throughout the season and seasons in the past. So thank you for those guys being being involved with our players. Did you see the play Taysom made uh, to get in the end zone last night? Late I before? did, yeah. And then that was a wise decision to just tuck it and go. Uh, you, you can't go wrong when Taysom runs the ball. How about that having to come in? He'll play a handful of plays a game at, at that position uh, to come in you know, more or less cold and have to make a play at such a key time. Yeah, you know, he's, he's got a lot of um, – I, I think he can play any position you want him to on offense and on defense. And, and so – uh, depending on what they want to do with him, I, I know he's willing to do it all. He can block, he can catch, he can run, uh, he can throw. And so uh, they could probably use him, in my mind, they can use him more, but I'm not on the coaching staff and I'm biased. We just want to see him on the field right. more. <laughs> well, each week on the show, uh, we canvas the Cougars to get the answers to questions that give us some insight into what makes these guys really go. It's Cougar Q&A presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And tonight... We ask the question, what is your hidden talent? My hidden talent is I can juggle. So put me in the circus one day and I'll be good. I'm a really good juggler, to be honest. Like, I don't know why. Since I was younger, I always got into juggling and um, can do it all sorts of ways. Pretty good at card magic tricks. I have a few that I'm pretty good at. Hidden talent is I'm really good at rock, paper, scissors. So open to challengers. I am the greatest Super Smash Bros. player on this team and, dare I say, this very state. I'm pretty solid at Call of Duty. I'll I say I'm pretty pretty good at video games. Probably play Madden or Fortnite. I'm pretty good. Making beats, that's like my little side hobby. I make music, uh, produce for artists, mix vocals and things like that. I really love bow fishing, and so it's where you shoot a, a fish with a bow. And I'm actually pretty good at it. I love to wakeboard, and being 300 pounds, you wouldn't think I could wakeboard, but I can actually clear the wake, too. Um, a hidden talent, um, I do accents and stuff like that. I kind of like to mess around with that. I've done it since I was a kid. Um, so I start talking with like a British accent and kind of you know mess with people and see if they can decipher if I'm from here, from, from England. God let me throw things far. It's like a stupid thing, but like I can throw a football pretty far. I threw the javelin in high school. I, you know, I, I can throw things far. I'm good at like skipping rocks and stuff. I think like throwing things is my hidden talent, honestly. <laughs> Anybody we didn't see that, that we need to know about that comes to the top of your mind? 
uh, all those guys, a lot of those guys can dunk the basketball pretty good too. So and that's uh, a hidden talent I know Max has and Zach can do it as well. So I don't know if Kyrus can, but if you give him a chance, maybe. Okay, before we get to yours, uh, on your staff, who's got a hidden talent that you immediately say, oh, yeah, you can do this? You know what? I don't know. I just require them to coach football <laughs> and connect with the kids. I, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I, th- I, I think Coach Lamb can play the bass guitar. I think Ed Lamb is. He can. Guitar. You know, he can. He, and, and, and he's been part of a band. And, and so, you know, he's like that kind of guy. Yeah, and, go with that. You know, um, Coach Lamb and Coach Tuyaki ride horses now. They, they seem to be uh, converted cowboys. And, and they, they don't mind, uh, you know, how those people go out and cattle drives. They, they do that now on their off season. Uh, I don't know why, but that's what they like to do. We, uh, your, your, your hidden talent's not really hidden because we, we've all seen it uh, since you've been the head coach at BYU. Um, it, it shows up everywhere, almost every week. Um, we know that you can break it down. I don't know if it's a talent. Uh, I just like to do it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know if, it's, if I do it well enough, you know, but uh, my kids, I love, they love, you know, I have a dancer. My kids love to dance, you know, all three of them, so i do what I can. I, my hidden talent, though, is I can eat anything. There's, there's, <laughs> you don't get this physique from food that you don't like. So there's not a food that I, I've met that I didn't like. Sometimes that talent doesn't end up too hidden at, at the end of the I know. Yeah, 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 but I, I watch these TV shows and people look, <laughs> that looks disgusting. I'd like to try that. That's how I am. Social media now. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Robert on Twitter. Robert Schloss on Twitter. Uh, he says, hey, coach, uh, what's something personal? You always bring along on away games, road games. Do you have anything that you take on the road with you? Uh, my wedding ring, but I put it in my backpack because uh, the players complained about it. When I used to wear it, I tapped the players on the on the helmet, would tell them good job, and they would make that, you know, that noise. And so I, I just put it in my backpack. That's other than that. They didn't like the ring clicking on their helmet. No, I guess it, it bothers them. So I'll, I'll do whatever they want, and I don't <laughs> I don't want to wear the rubber one. It just doesn't look right. At Reed T12 on Twitter says, it seemed like uh, UTSA came out stronger than expected in the trenches. How do Houston's offensive and defensive lines compare to what BYU saw against UTSA? Very similar. And, and I think um, the, more the, than that is a style that they came with the game and they were really aggressive. I think UTSA from the very beginning tried to establish a run presence. Um, and and uh, McCormick got uh, 20 yards or so on that first run. And then after, afterwards, our defense was able to kind of rally back and settle down, and we kept him you know, under his, definitely under his average and their team under their average. And I, I think that uh, Houston can do the same thing. Uh, Dana Hogerson's an a, a air raid type of guy, but uh, they can prove that, they've proven that they can run the ball and throw, and we're just going to have to try to do our best to make them you know, a little bit more one-dimensional and a little bit more predictable so we can make some big plays. But, yeah, they're, they're very similar, and uh, if we do our part, I think we, could, we should be able to match up well. Back to Twitter for another question. The question is, your teams always seem to have a genuinely good time playing away, and there's good energy on the sidelines, and they bring up the jump-around situation at Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Do you have any new moves you're waiting to bust out on the sidelines at Houston to keep the team energized? Yeah, I mean, we just come up with it as we go along. I think the, the whole concept is just to have fun and, and, and let the guys just let loose and uh, they've worked so hard throughout the whole year that that hopefully we can loosen them up and have them enjoy the moment and not not I mean the nerves that they're feeling that that that's part of the game but I think it, we got to capitalize on on it and let them know that's because they they care and because they worked hard for it and and what we can do as as coaches is try to give them an environment where they can kind of feel free to do what they like and and celebrate 
on the sidelines, not on the field. The last thing I want to see is a celebration penalty. And the best energy comes when uh, the team's playing well and points are being scored yeah. and you're racking up dubs. And you keep, keep the momentum going. And, you know, this last game, it, it kind of got away from us and we had to try to rally it back. And uh, that's, that's part of the game. You have to give UTSA a lot of credit for what they did. And then on our, on our side, we need to find ways to keep the momentum going our way and, and, and keep this thing steamrolling. All right, on the latest BYU Sports Nation right now. After a win, it's time to watch some film, meaning Kiki's favorite moments from the UTSA win, and we'll get you ready for hoops, which is just around the corner as well. Watch it on the BYUSN social media platforms. Coming up next, this week's edition of Deep Blue takes a look at Troy Warner. And we visit live with BYU's rushing leader, Tyler Algier. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And by Qualtrics. Join us tomorrow for exclusive access to day one of men's basketball practice from the Marriott Center. That's at 8 Eastern, live on the BYU TV app. Well, Big Brother was the first big get, but when Fred Warner's little brother committed, it was another recruiting coup for BYU. Now, Troy is playing his senior season, while Fred is making plays by the bay and keeping a close eye on little brother, as we discover in this week's edition of Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. Learning things from hardships is always big. That was one thing that I had to learn for myself, was that if I could take something from this, you know, bad experience, that I could gain something from it and, and be a better player or a better person after it was all said and done. Things were hard growing up. There were points where we had to live with our grandma as a family and sleeping all huddled together in the same bed or just little things like that. Our, our mom had it rough and she worked her tail off to make sure that, that we had everything. So like looking back, I now see that it was a little harder, but in the moment I'm thinking, oh, we're good. Like we have everything we need. It was never like we felt lesser than anyone. And I think my mom, that's a credit to my mother, just her determination. I think that rubbed off on us and how hard we've been able to work up to this point and get to where we are now. My mom played a huge role in our success not only what she did for us financially, but seeing her go through so many challenges, trials, and seeing her come out on top uh, has taught me that I can overcome anything. You know, sometimes you got to think about those who have it much worse and think about how much worse things could be in order for you to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Me being, you know, kind of like the, the man of the house at a young age, he had to kind of look up to me and, and follow my footsteps. He was a perfect role model for me in trying to better myself, you know, on and off the field and in school. He made it all easy on me because he's just such a good kid and uh, he works his tail off to, to be the best version of himself. And I think if I didn't have him, I would have struggled way more. And I don't, I don't even know if I would have been, you know, where I am today without, without his help and guidance. You know, I'm forever grateful for that. Starts in press, going to run it, and runs into trouble. Talsinga again the stop. Troy Warner is shaking up for BYU. Younger brother of star linebacker. 
when you play a sport and you love it so much and you put so much time and effort into it, you know, when you get hurt and then you have to sit out and watch from, from the sideline, it's tough. It was the first real trial that I ever faced. It was the first real injury that I ever faced. The pitch to James. White shirts are there and he's dropped behind the line. Troy Warner. I've always been a guy who's, you know, started and played and, and never really had to sit back and, you know, watch the game that I love. I think just mentally, I, I kind of took a shot and, and trying to figure out how to regain that confidence was, was one thing that I had to try and learn. Physically, I felt like I needed to just continue to grind, you know, try to get bigger, faster, stronger and do what I could so that I could get to where I am today. Uh, right now, going to the senior year, what we saw from spring I saw not the old Troy return, I saw a new and improved Troy where I forgot about the injuries that he had. I knew that, you know, great things wouldn't have been achieved without the long, long nights, long days, and, and just the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured into this game. Even the, the trials and that, I, that I've faced, I think those, those have all brought me to, to where I am today and to the player that I am as well. He's just been a, an amazing young man to have and to be, for me to be able to see him go from year one to now year five as a redshirt senior, it's been so cool. I can't put it into words how awesome it's been and I, I'm, I'm cheering for so much success for that young man. He's going to do so many great things and just so proud of him so far. And I know he'll do great things ahead of, ahead of this time. I mean, honestly, like, if I could say anything to Troy, I mean, it's just that I'm just so proud of him. And I don't know if I say it enough. I think him being the younger brother, he's always been put in this, you know, in the shadow of what I've been able to accomplish. And people aren't always willing to give him the credit he deserves. He talks about I'm his idol or stuff like that, but, I mean, he's my idol. And, um, you know, there's, there's reasons for why we both play football and do what we do in life. And, you know, I do it for him and for the rest of my family. I do love him with my whole heart. You know, that's that's my guy, and it'll be that way all the way until, until we leave this earth and, and so on. But, yeah, I'm proud of him. Well, earlier in the show, uh, we saw Troy in the Inside the Film Room segment. I asked you about Troy's best on-field assets. Off the field, what makes Troy Warner so special to you? He's just easygoing. He, he, he is... Um, in- he includes everybody, uh, and and uh, he's a great leader. He's a natural leader. When he f- first got here as a freshman, you can tell that his presence was going to be strong on the team and a huge impact. And uh, both he and Fred are wonderful examples of taking advantage of the sacrifice and love that your your mother and loved ones um, uh, do for you. And so everything that they do is out of appreciation and uh, such humble young men and. Man, it's an honor for me to be their coach and, and love what Troy has done so far and can't wait to see what else he does. Yeah, having a great start to the season so far for BYU to be certain. Well, through 10 games of last season, he was a linebacker. Today, Tyler Algiers not only a running back, but the Cougars' rushing leader and the most productive workhorse in the FBS. As he breaks another one, does Algier. Tyler Algier having himself a half here at the Naval Academy. Tyler Algier runs it off tackle left and scampers in for six. Tyler Algier from third. 
34 yards out, and the Cougars open up on top. All right, joining us live from the BYU Student Athlete Building here on campus, it is Tyler Algier. Tyler, come in, Tyler. There he is. How you doing, buddy? Doing good in yourself? Doing very well. Uh, let's first of all start with this. Uh, Fontana, California has put a few guys in BYU blue. Give us the Fontana connection. Ooh, um, Fontana's just Fontana. Little small city, small city, or small city, what I, what I think, but it's a, it's a good place to be. Now, we're seeing some names for those who are watching on the screen. In addition to you, Jamal Williams, Sione Takitaki, Devon Blackman. How many high schools are involved here? Did you know these guys before? How much do these guys know about each other, connect with each other? How does it go that way? Um, I'm going to guess all of them knew each other, but I, I, didn't, I didn't really know any of them as I was, like, in middle school or whatever. But uh, they're all big names. They're all making a name for themselves right now, so making the city proud. How many high schools do you have out there? We have, ooh, I would say in Fontana, there's three. No, four. Just four high schools in Fontana. Okay. Uh, you are a, a scholarship uh, player, but you, weren't, you didn't come to BYU as a scholarship player. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Okay. What did it take to get that? It, a, lot of, a lot of hard work, hard work and just trusting, trusting yourself, trusting the coaches around you. And uh, yeah, I would say just a lot of hard work and believing in yourself was the main key. From your perspective, Kalani, what did it take for him to get that scholarship? We knew he was special when he first got here on campus. And uh, uh, the coaches talked about him in high school as just being a, a dynamic player. And he ran for a bunch of yards in high school. And to be honest with you, I don't know why he wasn't recruited more heavily, but I'm glad that we were able to get him here as a preferred walk-on. Brought him on a trip and, and just really impressed with him and his family. And so, uh, you know, we, we asked him to, to walk on. And when an opportunity would present itself, we told him what it would take to be on scholarship. And he was able to... to do that quickly, and uh, he's a guy that, that, that has played a lot of different positions, but um, he's done so many things for us as a team and sacrificed a lot, and, and now I'm just glad that he's our leading rusher and, and, and one of our leaders on our team, so really proud of him. Tyler, when you came to BYU, what did you think your future was going to be position-wise when you got here? Um, I just thought they, they want me at running back. I was just pursue that, but who would have known that they would ask me to play linebacker, but I was grateful for the opportunity and just uh, just be on the field with the guys because I was uh, I was just uh, working hard just to be on special teams, be on the field, and then just having that chance. It was a great opportunity. All right. Does does a defensive mentality, the old linebacker mentality, still pay off for you at running back? Oh, for sure. Like instead of just trying to take the hits, like you got to just attack attack them and give the hits. But now, just have to have that mindset as a running back now. Okay, you've played four games this year, and of the four games, you've uh, cracked the century mark in two of them. You had a big game at, uh, at Navy to start the season, and then another 100-yard game this past week against UTSA. What, what matters more to you at this stage? Breaking off a big run, getting some nice numbers, or just simply running hard the same way every time? Or, 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 or is one, does one lead to the other, do you think? I'll say just being consistent in what I can do and just trusting my own line. I love running behind those guys. You know, they make it they make it happen if they don't do it or if they mess up, you know, we'll make them right. That's for all the backs, I would say. Kalani, that number you see there, 7.4 yards per carry. He's the only player in the country right now who's carried it at least 50 times that has a yards per carry north of seven right now. 
Yeah, and and he's a you know he's a big play waiting to happen, and uh, we knew that, and that's why we want him running the ball. And I think it's a, it's a he has a good uh, combo going with Lopini, but Tyler is a very violent runner, and and you can see in his style he's aggressive, and that's why we wanted to play linebacker. There's not a, a lot of guys that can go even in the same season from playing linebacker to running back and back you know back and forth, but. His football IQ is out there. The guy loves football, and he's willing to to be physical. And when you have a tough kid that loves football and can and is violent like he is, I think there's a lot of places for him on this football team. Tyler, you're playing uh, for not just yourself. Uh, you've you, you've spoken about how there are other people you have in mind when you take the field every week. Can you share a little bit about that? Uh, the main one is my grandpa or grandpa family. You know, especially because he has cancer, but. Just cancer is a, is a big thing that impacts me. Like whenever cancer comes up, it's just like, dang, it's really an, an emotional topic. Just a lot of friends and family that have passed away and all that. But just to just play for everyone who has cancer, play for my family, play for the guys on my team, just play for everyone, just whenever I step on the field. Tyler, thank you for that. I'll say goodnight to Tyler right now. Kalani, but we'll let you, uh, we'll let you take it out with uh, Tyler tonight. Great young man. So proud of him. I know his family is proud of him. And love you, Ty. Thanks again, Tyler. Have Appreciate a great week. Okay. All yes, right. Sir. Good luck sure. against Houston. You can break down Cougar football, folks, with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review. That's Tuesday, 7 Eastern, and on demand on the BYU TV app. As we go to break, this week's trivia question presented by Qualtrics. Which former BYU quarterback was a third-round draft pick of the NFL's Houston Oilers? That's our question, the answer, after this. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Which former BYU quarterback was the third-round draft pick of the Houston Oilers? The answer, Gifford Nielsen. And uh, BYU's headed to Houston this week. Gifford's old stomping grounds. After, an, after his NFL quarterbacking career, he was actually a popular sportscaster in Houston for a long time. And here's Gifford in, in, the old, in the old school duds. You see the white helmet with the gray face mask. And, of course, he was white and royal blue. So this week... Kalani, they've got you in the white and the royal blue with, look at that, a gray face mask. The Gifford Nielsen look, they're calling it. Looks good. Can't, can't wait to represent and uh, make Elder Nielsen happy. <laughs> That's right. Elder Nielsen it is. All right, this Friday, Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio. It begins at 7.30 Eastern time. Countdown to kickoff at 8.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Kickoff is then on ESPN. You can listen to it while you watch it by going to BYU Radio. That's uh, 9.30 Eastern for the kick, and then after the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Stick around for all kinds of post-game coverage. It is time for In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It. That's why we call it that. All right. Uh, Sports Nation this week. Jumping on the uh, how it started and how it's going trend. You've seen this on social media. And, uh, yeah, we're having some fun with, uh, with, with Zach Wilson. There's Zach back in the day, and there's Zach nowadays. So, <laughs> hey, with with our BYU alum Kyle Whittingham, there it is, good friend of mine. So <laughs> it's that's B, it's BYU guys, and it's just all BYU guys, really. Look at it. <laughs> all right, uh, Pete Thamel of uh, Yahoo Sports. He, well, he's on the Zach Wilson bandwagon, and yes, indeed, BYU football is rolling all the way to four and zero right now. And as we've noted, uh, ranked in the top fifteen, thirteenth, and fourteenth in the uh, top fifteen polls. All right. Uh, Cosmo, doing Cosmo stuff again. You see this? <laughs> yeah. The guy's amazing. I mean, uh, 
I, I just love our, we have the best mascot and he, he does amazing things and is just willing to do this just to entertain the fans that aren't even there, you know, so thank you, Cosmo. One way or another, uh, he ends up going viral and, uh, and pleasing Cougar Nation. So almost as acrobatic as Cosmo these days is Mason Wake. Now we expect this, Kalani. Every game we get this. Yeah, <laughs> at some point he's got to stop doing this. But, you know, I think he's, uh, it's how everyone tries to tackle him. So, uh, you know, until people make him stop, I, I just care about the ball security. He's got great ball security while that happens. So that's how uh, that's how Mason Wake gets it done, uh, and we're going to say. And so, who does it better, uh, Mason or Dax? And I think the answer is probably going to be Mason. I think. <laughs> well, yeah. That, hey, Dax landed on his feet, so that that that's impressive. So he, I, he did stick the landing. Yeah, I just just need him to stay healthy. He does have that going for him. Okay, <laughs> so with BYU and Houston, it got us thinking about this BYU and Houston moment. This is last year, and this was the. Uh, one of the best of all buzzer beaters. This is T.J. Haas to, to, to win a really big, really big game for BYU at the time that uh, was part of their resume by the end of the season, and that was a great moment there in H-Town. Great game, and, and, and love that T.J. nailed that shot. And um, You know, that's Dave Rose's old stomping grounds, too. Yep. So looking forward to go against the, you know, the Cougars at Houston and looking forward to the matchup. It'll be a lot of fun. In the 15 seconds we've got left, too, uh, we'll see a few BYU fans in the stands. That'll be a good feeling as well. Oh, can't wait to see the BYU fans in the royal blue. And uh, our, our, our players are so excited about just people being there. But more importantly, just they love our BYU fan base. So thank you very much, Cougar Nation. Kalani, have a great week. We'll see you on the weekend. All right, go Cougs. Let's go. All right, we'll talk to you next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern time. For Tyler Algier and the coach, Kalani Sitake, I'm Greg Grubel. This has been BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Have a great week. Go Cougs.